Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. <laughs> Hello and welcome uh, back to Ozbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios for a Swifty call uh, today. Yes, I know the last <laughs> two weeks have been hurly burly with earnings season. We've all been stressed. We've all been a bit grumpy. So we're going to lighten things up today because ten Swifty stocks we're going to be covering here on the call uh, with our expert panel. We do it all in one hour. Let's bring in the Swifties. Jumbay Lu from Tribeca <laughs> Investment Partners, who's going tonight. Absolutely. Happy Merry Swiftmas. Merry uh, Swiftmas. It's a big day, isn't it? I'm going today with my daughters and granddaughters going tonight in Sydney. Dorsey, what uh, about you? My daughter's going on Sunday. So, I, uh, so you know I'll be missing like. it out. I don't know if everyone's going to stand up for three and a half hours. 45 songs okay. she goes it's through. Oh, I know. It's an it? absolute marathon. I was talking about this before. The, um, uh, the boss. Yeah, uh, Bruce Springsteen. When he toured, right. uh, the uh, working, working class man, um, uh, bought in the USA tour, 1991, yep. he did three and a half hours. I saw him at Melbourne Showground, nice. and after about two and three quarter hours, I was thinking, look, I'm exhausted, just go home. <laughs> and you were pretty young back then yes, in 91. Exactly. Like. I don't know what I'm going to do tonight, but anyhow, I'm in a slightly... Well, you'll, you'll have a nice air-conditioned Yes, yeah, so I'm in a slightly better seat than I did Absolutely. for Bruce Pinkston, Absolutely. that's for sure. Um, but all the grumpy guts out there who go, oh, what's his Taylor sister? Uh, remember back to the Beatles, uh, mum and dad took me to see the Beatles arrive at Adelaide Airport, and I've remembered it all my life. So a whole new generation is going to have memories like this for the rest of their life. But to give you an idea, just the Melbourne concert, Taylor Swift injected $1.2 billion of economic value into there. Wow. Um, uh, so it will be similar for, for Sydney, $2.5 billion economic injection. And I reckon it's the only time I've seen a Reserve Bank governor talk about a, a, a singing star, an entertainer. Michelle, Taylor Swift was part of Michelle Bullock's first press conference um, um, on the first Tuesday of February when she talked about the inflation impact of Taylor Swift. 
uh, in consumption. Um, Bloomberg News has a net worth of $1.1 billion. Good on her. Uh, and that's just after the, the US Eras tour. And she owns $150 million worth of property. She's too, a corporation. That's not too bad, though, is it? And she's 34. She also invests in Australian stocks as well, I read. Yes. Yes. Some yeah. LICs, I think. Right. Yeah, that's right. right. He's into all the LICs. Yeah. And, that's, that's and I, why I we... think one of them is right up her alley, mm. and you'll buy your part of it mm. um, as part of the call today in one of our Absolutely. stocks. Absolutely. So she is phenomenal. So anyhow, we're going to lighten it up today <laughs> on the call. Talk about real stocks, serious stocks, but we call them Swifty stocks. Um, and the first five, obviously, LaVisa, uh, who reported yesterday as well, Universal Stores, Adore Beauty, Flight Center, Collins Foods, um, all linked to that generation. Stock of the day, I thought we'd take a look at Articor. Articor? Who the hell's Articor, you're asking? Well, it's the old red bubble. Uh, they've been through a few troubles over recent years, so what do you do? You change your name. Uh, Swifties are buying a lot of their merchandise on the platform. I got my Heartbreak Prince t-shirt from the Miss Americana <laughs> album uh, from, from Red Bobble. Came in two days. I was being hounded by my granddaughters saying, you've left it too late. Anyhow, Red Bubble delivered. Uh, share price seems to be trending up. Uh, of late as well, after a 38% gain in the last month, 56% in the last year. It's been through its troubles with different chief executives, Jumbo. Apart from being a Swifty stock, is it a good investment? Oh, look, it's a bit tough, this one. So it is one of those companies that benefit a lot during COVID. They sold 30% of their sale during COVID was through masks, was selling masks. Mm. And at the time, all of us, you know, including myself, we yep. thought if they could build a platform big enough like Etsy, so they can trade like Etsy. Um, but it just proven to be quite difficult and companies still not profitable. Um, and uh, even if you look at the big, biggest comparable Etsy, the share price all down um, yeah. as it is, things are being La very Last tough. night, that's right. reported yeah, and pretty tough. downturn in revenue. That's right, it's all COVID, those COVID beneficiary, you need the earning to find its base. And you know, for Redbubble, you kind of need a, just a bigger base. I think they do an incredible job for the niche, you know, making t-shirt prints and the like, but they just haven't found enough verticals to broaden that out. Look at that share price, 31 cents yeah. back in June, 78 now. Yeah, let's, get, let's get the five-year chart on that one. Yeah. Oh. Like a little bit different. Okay, let's bring the five-year up. Remember, okay. There we yeah. go. All right, that says it all, does it? Seven dollars. I know. Down to 78. It was a tech company. Tech. It yeah. was a yeah. tech. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole idea of it is great that you've got this mm. business that can do bespoke t-shirts, coffee mugs, masks, whatever, yeah. and artists actually then get a little bit extra from that as well they get because they've, they've designed it and things like that so yep. and they give back to the community just like etsy does so i think that works but i think the market has lost confidence in it and yeah it's going to be really tough for them to continue to get that so uh, I would stay away. Yeah. Stay away. And in that online space, at the moment, there's a couple of interesting ones that, you know, really during that COVID period, they have built scale and they have become now more yep. dominant, what? right? Temple and Webster. Temple and Webster's yeah. done well. Now this one, the satire is yeah. really, you've got to watch that yep. one. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they yeah. essentially, almost similar sort of concept is that it's a platform and allow the wholesaler, luxury wholesaler to sell their product. So they don't take inventory risk. And if the buyer say in Australia and the US, US the biggest market at the moment, um, they buy something and then the you know wholesaler right. ship it to them and mm. they just about to launch in the biggest market which is china mm. and most of their purchaser at this point chinese back 
they, business, isn't it? No, it's actually not. Yeah. So, yeah. but but they say majority of their uh, customer uh, is you know Chinese yeah. uh, consumer or from all around the world. Um, and uh, and the thing is, it does have a partnership with JD.com there in China. So that's how they initially going to launch right. it. And uh, so far, in every market's launch, it's just essentially exponential okay. growth in those markets. So when Setai launched, everyone and mm-hmm. and I'll say it's they'd proven everyone wrong. Yeah. Everyone thought it was a bit dodgy, didn't they? It was, yeah, yeah. that's you right. You know, they, they were buying these rip-off brands and <laughs> things like that. And then the big brands got annoyed with them yeah. uh, and cut off supply. But basically, they're almost like the factory outlet, mm. aren't they, of luxury they- brands and the luxury brands are now on board with it by the sound. That, that, that's right. And also, the, uh, not only factory outlet, they give them the uh, opportunity to sell because the wholesalers, they're forced to buy, uh, you know, the hot stock and not so hot stock because, you know, if you want that, you have to buy these. Right. So it just gives them a permanent channel to mm. really offload those things. So satire is a better set, set, option Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And then satire also doesn't take, compared to the Farfetch, now sort of almost gone bankrupt, right? So it, it actually makes very good money. Yeah. Yeah, oh, so yeah. it's a good margin. Um, Dorsey, is Redbubble a classic example of when money was cheap? Yes. The market saying, we don't want you to make a profit, just build your market share, build your market share, we don't care about about losses. Yep. Now, money got more expensive. Those companies that pivoted and started making money, zero is the classic. Yeah. Losing money all the time, then scaled back the research and development, cut costs, and took off. So. They reacted to what the market wanted. Very much so. Whereas Redbubble has it. Yeah, and you can see by that five-year chart, 2020, it was rallying. It was the COVID mm. beneficiary. Like everybody, everyone. Every, everybody loved it. And then after that, too hot, too much, and then everything started to come back to a base. And now here, I think markets lost confidence in it, and that's that's a really right. big thing. The confidence needs to come back, and that's going to take a long time. So, mm. it, yeah, it's a tough one there. And they've gone through a series of chief executives, yes. and the founder has come back. Martin in sort of plug the gap until yeah. the next chief executive comes. Then when they went, it comes and plugs the gap. Yeah. And they try and find a new one. Like Blackmore's, wasn't that that guy? The founder used to come back and... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, Mark- yeah. Marcus. Uh, Marcus, yeah. yeah Marcus, he came back yeah. and sort of steadied the ship and then yep. yeah, that's everything right. was okay, then left and they had to come back again and yeah. things like that. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. Too hard. Uh, one that's not not too hard, the Visa <laughs> is certainly a swifty stock, no certainly doubt about is. that. Not sure whether they sell friendship bracelets, like if you're a swifty, you do have to have friendship bracelets. I thought it was too much to wear mine on the call today. Uh, but the retailer, it's been on my watch list for ages, Dorsey. Yeah. Um, always thought it was too expensive, waiting for a comeback, didn't really ever pull back. Yeah. Um, reported this week. Share price up nine and a half percent. Revenue up eighteen point two percent. Seventy four new outlets. Eight hundred and fifty four Lavisa outlets by the end of December. So it's a love story. Yeah. yeah. Ah, boom, boom. That was my only. Like that it. was my only like pun it. for the day. All right. Proud That's. Uh, I've yeah. got one more. But okay. anyway, it is a love story, uh, Lavisa. <laughs> Um, so first of all, yeah, the store rollout actually was a little bit slower than the market expected. They did 74 stores and they closed 21 of them. So uh, I think there was a little oh, bit of a pullback in some of those uh, rates of store ownership, but I think that's been working well. They're, they're going into the Middle East uh, and things like that. Gross margin expansion was up 40 basis points to 80%. Like That's just amazing Like When I margin. read that, I was stunned. And I- 
hands up who wants an 80% yeah. margin in their bids. <laughs> yes, thanks Absolutely. very much. Right, so the thing is with this stock and this story, we all got it wrong. Everybody thought mm. last year consumer discretionary, consumer stocks were gonna go absolutely horrible. Um, you know, don't go near them, get out, get out, get out. JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman printed some fantastic results. Uh, Levis is uh, putting some fantastic margins and doing very, very well. Um, up here, I think it's still a Have buy. Have you missed it? No, oh. I don't think so. I think okay. uh, I think most brokers have got price targets of $30 plus. This is a very well-run business, very disciplined. I don't think you've missed it. Maybe it might pull back a little bit to that $26 mark where it sort of took off previously. But for me, um, upgrades are coming and you'd be overweight okay. in the stock. All right, Jumbo, open its first stores in China. Guangzhou and, and Ho Chi Minh City in um, yeah. in Vietnam. So it's taking on the world. New chief exec, or relatively new, uh, pointed with great fanfare, a bit of controversy about a year ago, the yeah. amount of money he was being paid. That's right. To supercharge it. It's going to make 30 million in a year or something. Look, um, yeah, absolutely. But look, wow, look at the run. Look, look at the run and look at what he's managed to do. Mm. And, you know, there's a lot of skepticism. And we've always liked LaVisa because we like LaVisa as in it's got the store. So when you buy a retailer, you don't want to buy re mature retailers when the cycle is a bit tough, you know, economic uncertainty and things. You want something that's still rolling our store and something that have, you know, some excitement to drive young shoppers in. And that's what exactly what La Visa is. And it's a global expansion, not just Australia. So your footprint's massive. And he's just on the cusp of, well, just launched the China store. Now, mm. whether he'll be successful in China, I'm still a little bit skeptical because, you know, oh, it is what? a very competitive market. Oh, right. um, you know, La Visa, I don't know if the story, you know, the story of La Visa, how they first started off. Mm. It started off with a couple of guys, um, you know, they went to Hong Kong and uh, around Shenzhen where, you know, a lot of luxury retailer making accessories, their factories there. And then they literally went to the shop and all the factories and said, give me the offcuts, you know, things that didn't oh. quite work out. I'll take all of that. Brought it back to Australia, so start this fast moving, you know, sort wow. of uh, chain like sell trinkets. And that's almost a replica of the wow. luxury design. So obviously yeah. now it's different, Good but story. they started with $2 million. Wow. It's incredible. Yeah, they just literally went around the so shop and said, fast, I'll take the fast fashion, this is sort of fast jewelry, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, fast jewelry, yeah. So, so yeah. and then obviously now they build a business and they just move it very fast. Very good inventory control, very good management, great execution. Um, I think this is something you always buy on the dip. But it look, tech, technically you look like it's had a great run, but yeah. it is a company that will deliver, you know, pretty strong mm. growth. Um, now, uh, from here on, you do need to watch out in terms of how many store rollouts taking place because there's a lot of expectations in there. Um, I will be a buyer, um, but I just need to, you need to mm. continue to watch, you know, how they're rolling out. Are they pushing into areas where it's less profitable? 80% margin is very oh. high. Um, and, uh, but you know, it's it's also linked to going out. So, you know, when people want to go out, they go to the trinket shop and buy something because mm. there's an event. Um, mm -hmm. And you may not want an expensive trinket, so the Levisa is a place to go. You know, Taylor Swift and I, actually, that's yeah, where yeah. I'll go, go find my uh, friendship bracelet. <laughs> so that's where I'm going. I need and a whole all, stack of And them. all your sparkles. Yeah, that's right, all my sparkles. Like because you don't mind losing it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It only costs you five bucks. Exactly. That's yeah. what it is. That's what they're targeting. And I have noticed they started pushing some just a little bit in the price price front, and consumer can handle it. So you know, so all, mm. both of that front is uh, is actually looking very strong. Because I walked by a La Visa store on the way to the gym, and you take an interest in it, mm. and they have like five pairs of earrings mm. for five bucks or whatever. Yeah. And then I see eighty percent margin, and I'm thinking. Oh, the they must cost 
two cents though. Yeah. <laughs> those earrings. Yeah. Yeah. They're making eighty percent margin on such. Well, they're not real price. silver, or it's not no, real no, no, gold, no, no. It's and all it's, so, it's all yeah, yeah, yeah cost effective. And if they can get the yeah. offcuts. And now they must be going to oh, the they're Chinese. Making them so, absolutely, they've yeah. probably so got their own factory now. Yeah, they do, absolutely, and, the way they are, and yeah. And also the out. pricing strategy, the, whatever you see in front is, you know, five for, you know, $5. And then at the back, they, oh. these days you buy one, the other day I saw one earring, <laughs> you, they sell one by one for $30. So they do have very ah, different okay. tier, tier points. I only walk by the front. Yeah, that's right. And that draws you in. Okay, interesting. All right, in a similar vein, our second stock universe stores um, it is uh, streetwear for sort of under 25 year olds and skatewear and things like that again reported this week revenue up eight percent um, shares up 11 percent uh, interim dividend um, up to 16 and a half cents a share uh, another retailer sort of targeting this younger market mm. shooting lights at it yeah, so we all last year we all said, well, you've got to look at stocks that, in a rising rate environment, that the the their customers aren't really being affected by those interest rate rises. However, the problem is with this one and a lot of like La Visa and whatnot, we did see that their uh, rental increases that the young people have had is over inflation by sort of what a seventeen percent rental increase last year, which is far outstrips inflation and obviously interest rates as well. So. You had to be a little bit careful and you could see the dip from that sort of March to May, June yep. as the rest of the world was adjusting to higher interest rates. It did get sold off. But however, you know, you look at their store growth, they're looking to 16 to 13 new stores going through. Now that's far behind what LaVisa is doing. Right. And they're looking to have an overall 108 group stores by June 2024. But they're bigger stores. These are Correct. fashion stores, fashion are stores. rather than little trinket. As well as they have menswear, sort of skatewear, but then there's like a perfect stranger store and there's all these other verticals that they have. So they're able to sort of just spread out the risk a little bit more. This one I'm not, I'm I'm okay with. I think overall net profit of twenty million was up seven percent. Like I think it looked it looked okay. Consensus was and, and it was in line with a lot of the sales, and their margin uh, has expanded again by eighty basis points as well. I don't know what their margin is, but um, so yeah. So I think this one is a hold for me. I still think that there's some more. One you want in any retailer, you want to see store rollout. You want to see that moving, and that obviously like a JB Hi-Fi has to be everywhere until you get that mass. Um, um, exposure but overall I think clothes is a fickle business inventory is really tough to manage you can only look at City Chic of how they had to manage that inventory and they just they, they didn't do it right so there's more things that can go wrong with this one compared to La Visa I'd say it's a hold for me okay and Jumbay, La Visa sort of all my, you know, the old lipstick index that mm, everyone that's right. used to monitor yeah, that's right. lipstick sales because yeah. it's a cheap reward to brighten your life when economic times were really down. That's right. That's La Visa. But buying clothes it's very, is it's a, the opposite. very different. Yeah, it's a very, very discretionary sort of spend, especially yeah. towards a young demographic. And this company was exactly being impacted by that young demographic. Initially, yeah. we thought young people don't have much debt. They'll be fine. They were spending all the money, but they don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, big, you know, they're the one that most impacted. So people, they stop spending. Because saying rent. Oh, it's Isn't incredible. It? Yeah. yeah. So, and then it's just, yeah, it's, it's very difficult, particularly in the major cities. Um, yeah. And for this company, also, there's a bit of fashion risk, right, as well, right? You know, you, whether you get the trend right, not get the trend right. So, it's much harder business in the apparel space. I do like this company because of the store rollout. And right. that's why, you know, we, we participated in IPO many years ago. It did well. Um, but then I just, 
just you know for the near term it does feel a little bit tough because of consumer um, I think overall retail as a sector you know next six months um, they will continue to do quite well but the earning might be a little bit softer because we've got the tax cut coming it's massive and and migrants and migrants yeah, more that, customers but that's why you want to go into the right retailer JB right. Hi-Fi is the best place to yeah. expose right Agreed. maybe Harvey Norman but it's just older style and you know yeah. you want to be the leader consumer electronics every immigrant comes through they'll have to buy TV buy all of that yeah. right yeah. Um, and uh, you know so these retailers you want to be there because discretionary is coming through but for clothing look it might be a little bit slower to recover you mm. know to 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 drive but I think that their retail space over the next six to twelve months looks pretty good um, this company actually for me are probably sitting in that hole just because I think yeah. uh, that youth uh, sort of discretionary yeah. spend will be even tougher so, in the next six months so, so clothing be careful of Kathmandu, I suppose, is a classic example. Mm. Yeah. How, how many ways can you sell a puffer jacket? But, um, you know, <laughs> this last trading update this week, I said, well, conditions weren't right over summer. And I'm thinking... You're a puffer, yeah, exactly. You <laughs> You're a puffer winter. jacket group. You know, what yeah. the hell does summer mean? Yeah, yeah. They do own surf surf diving, now. Surf diving surf, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they do right. Okay, our third Swifty stock we're going to have a look at, of course, uh, we've got to include Adore Beauty in there, Jumbay. Uh, founded in the year 2000, 260 uh, beauty stores um, around Australia, listed in 2020. Look, it... Uh, like you said, the cosmetic and beauty is always a defensive area people always go to. And they have built a very good platform uh, for one of the largest here in Australia yeah. to purchase those. Um, I think the you know it went through challenges in terms of uh, trying to get to profitability. Um, and uh, and then often, you know, this is one of the COVID stock as well. And then kind of compared to, um, you know, what they envisage where they get to in terms of profit margin, um, you know, mm. there's still a long way to go. Um, look, they actually had a take over offer uh, not very long ago I think last year last late last year, year. Yep. yeah and then they knocked it back um, you know now if you compare to this one to a couple of offshore fashion retailers like Boohoo and things you know potentially price could be you know there could be another bid mm. and then it could be right. higher but for me look I'm much rather to be in the company rather than position for a takeover offer in the uh, rather position in a company that has very strong business model and franchise like Temple and Webster or Correct. the other one we talked to um, Temple and Webster really built its you yeah. know platform it's the largest oh, yeah. So fast, even when everyone's not growing so fast, then they're growing really fast, yeah. and then they're moving into the margin slightly higher as well. Even with all the advertising, I think that's just you know you, you kind of want to be in yeah. those names. So what do you do with the door? Hold uh, or I, not be in? Look, it? I, I probably won't be in won't there. Be in mm-hmm. it. Yep. Dorsey? Look, I'm really jaded on this one, <laughs> and I because I broke one of my cardinal rules in investing is that I bought off private equity at the IPO. Right. Okay. Right. So. <laughs> I, you know, this one for me... You probably did Meyer as well. uh, No, (laughs) not as... Yeah, but this one I got sucked into. And you know why? Because the numbers after COVID were absolutely unbelievable. Like they came to us and they just, you know, they laid it out and it was like, wow, we just, we have to own this. We have to own this. This is... Anyway, so um, uh, I'm jaded on this one. Um, You've got investor remorse on this. uh, yeah, so I, yeah, psychologically I, we, scarred. Yeah, it's a hundred percent sell. Do I, I need to go any further? But <laughs> no, it's a sell. Look, um, Adore Beauty competition is the biggest thing, and the website traffic uh, has been down about twelve percent uh, year on year. The momentum is the competitive competition out there is very very fierce. Um, even though Adore Beauty has the wonderful thing, they give you a little chocolate or something when you buy, and they're on their website. They've got like you know other sections for sex toys and all these kinds of things, trying to get a wider demographic. For me, it just doesn't match up. 
I'm really don't you just don't need they to do be there. Have sex toys. Yeah. It's they try to expand the verticals, as, you oh, know, just yeah. to make it work to generate profit. Generate profit. Yeah, it's and not it's, enough. Yep, it's all there. I mean, <laughs> you, can, you can have a look. It's all you. Yeah, you get a chocolate with, with it the too. chocolate. That's so, right. I mean, hey, I mean, okay. twenty-five yeah. years of marriage. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to leave that. I'm going to move on because obviously uh, the best pick and and Jumbe, I, I hope agrees with me is Temple and Webster mm. in the online category. For Australian retail, Temple and Webster's killing it hands down. Forty percent momentum year on year. These guys are doing it really well. Adore Beauty, uh, stay away. Uh, see, Adore and then Dusk launched uh, around the same yeah. time. That's right. Didn't yeah. They? yeah, both have. That's right. Found that found of... both founder led businesses. That's took right. Advantage yeah. of exactly. Dusk did um, all right. Though. That, it wasn't too okay, bad. But then it's um again it's one of the when retailer doesn't really you know it's such a competitive space in yeah. that homeware and. Candle yeah, and sort of space, and their margin was too high. Yeah. Um, that's the challenge. You yeah. know, you, you can't sell kelp candles with margin of thirty percent, EBIT margin of thirty yeah. percent. When you can make high. them at home, yeah, yeah. Uh, which <laughs> yeah. is the big thing now. Um, all right, um, another Swifty stock that will benefit from the Taylor Swift um, sort of tour because, uh, would you believe Sydney hotel prices? It was the same in Melbourne last weekend. Went up three hundred percent because of all the mums and some dads and their daughters uh, traveling. It's really lovely to be in airports around this time because uh, it's really nice to see. Um, if you want to write a, a hotel room in Sydney at the moment, 1500 bucks, because there are just no hotel rooms available. Uh, Ray White Commercial put out a, a barometer of it just the other day. So wow. flight center, will they benefit? This is a bit of a boomer stock, let's be honest. Right. But um, I tried to bring a sweetie <laughs> sort of spin and to good it. Try. Good try, yeah, good yeah. try, good uh, try. You know the reason why. I mean, search. You know, you Uber, Qantas, everybody does it. Search uh, uh, surging pricing uh, yeah. when when things are you know, and and certainly something here in Sydney, uh, you know, is is hard to find. I think overall, um, Flight Centre is going to do well, but the only reason why it's so expensive is because Taylor's only in Melbourne and Sydney. Right. So you've got all of the New Zealand yeah. people that couldn't get anything going on, and then you've got the rest of Australia all coming in for these four shows that are happening in Sydney. So look, I think overall, um, Flight Centre potentially might uh, do okay, but I always remind investors, remember that $20 is $40 when uh, COVID hit. Yes. Um, Flight Centre had to recapitalise at three bucks its whole entire. Okay. So you're saying the value of Flight Centre is now higher than pre-COVID. Yeah. That sort of puts it in perspective. Yeah, also. only by $1.77. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but I mean, it's, it is higher. Yes, absolutely. So recap the whole business at three bucks. Uh, it, it, it's not going to go much past this $20 mark. And you can see So don't get time, sucked in. Don't get sucked that, in Oh, here. it's going to go back Every before. time it hits 20 bucks, you can see on that chart, it comes back down. So probably $18, yeah. $15, somewhere in there, if you really want to own this stock, it's somewhere to go. I think that's probably... Uh, a place but it's not, to, it's not going to go above $20, far above $20 anytime soon, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, any smart person, yes, will not buy yeah. it over 20 bucks. Okay. All right, I, I'm going to put it on a buy. Oh! <laughs> uh, look, uh, to, uh, look, I agree with you, I think, because of the stock issuance and everything else. But if you look at Australia, it's just very, very few stocks you can play for tourism. Um, and uh, tourism is going to be a big thing. And in Australia at the moment, we still have yet to see. We see some pick up, but yeah. hasn't been that strong yet. So clearly, you know, corporates are only back to oh, 70%. No. Is and, this the best way to play it, though? Yeah, so it's actually quite hard to play. You know, you used to have the star, 
that yeah. was, you know, if I start a crown, is the yeah. best way to play tourism. But look, it's just way too hard to touch these names at the moment. You, you wouldn't <laughs> buy a star at 40 cents where it is today, look, 45. Like my own money, a problem. But the thing is, you have another review on, on yes. the way. So and then the thing you're on in dollar twenty issue. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> but we get out fast. <laughs> Talking about um, investor yeah, remorse on that. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Absolutely. So it's very hard when there's, a, there's so much uh, spotlight on it. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, yeah, yeah. so it, it's making it very difficult. And then now you've got that all that big okay. debt renewal yeah. for next year for Queenswall. Yeah. That's going to be very hard to determine whether you make any but money. You've got Webjet, you've got... So you've got Webjet, you've got this, you've got corporate, co- corporate travel. travel, which is probably looking interesting, but then that big earnings hole is going to be very leave. difficult. Sorry. 20% down, oh, well, not so sure. massive downgrade just after the um, you know company reassured everything's great, the UK contract, and you know, and then suddenly yeah. came out and said, oh, actually, it's not going to happen. Um, it's very disappointing, but I do oh, think I it's found its value there. It does look interesting yeah. now. Uh, I think corporate travel looks interesting um you know fly center is a purer play for leisure and um you know corporate you know right. the, the, in the u.s now potentially result hasn't reported yet maybe there might be a bit of weakness in the u.s if corporate travel said is correct so you know in the corporate space a little bit weaker but i think the leisure component is going to drive it mm-hmm. quite high now what's really good good about this company is that people's expectations not that high yes. you know keep they keep talking about all oh, this amazing target they're going to get to margin target no one expect that so this is actually one of the core in picking successful retail businesses mm-hmm. in the last six months is that picking companies not based on share price where mm-hmm. it is you're picking company based on people's expectations jb hi-fi only went backwards 20 percent share price hit all-time high yeah. why is that because people are expecting it's meant to be down 30 percent so yeah. everyone's upgrading earnings so you've got to pick the ones that people don't expect big numbers in the next few years so you get that so, earnings upgrade but surely cycle. flight center margins given the price of airfares at the moment they must be Making a killing. So the margin, yeah. So the the margin is start not actually. So they they get a lot of rebate right from the airlines um, previously, Mm -hmm. and then the rebate was cancelled. So Qantas are pulling rebates, and no one would want to pay them Uh because the airline was getting so much demand. They don't really need to pay the agent Mm -hmm. so much, right? But now the rebate is coming back because the people are discounting Mm -hmm. airlines. So they actually getting more rebates. So the get to the final big margin target is actually relying on some of those things does Mm -hmm. come through. So it is actually interesting. You know, it's not going to fly away from here but I do think Bumble. that it's a good play yeah to yeah. play and Chinese consumers coming by they're traveling yeah, yeah. you see their travel numbers is a pre-COVID level now yeah. so I think it's a nice way to play that so you're saying flight centers are by and you're picking travel uh, I'm picking travel, yeah. So, oh, your, look, you know, I think Webjet. This is your stock. Uh, so, Flycenter and Webjet. Right, I definitely yeah. like both of them. Okay. Webjet is more global, yeah. um, and they, it's in that hotel space. Might get yeah. a bit disrupted with the current conflict, but, um, you know, Webjet is a, you know, more global play, whereas Flycenter, I think it's more. So, I buy on Flycenter. Okay. You need a good lie down. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm staying with my cell on it. Okay. Absolutely. I, I, I don't like it and I no, think it's like, overpriced here. You need some therapy from Jumbo, I well, reckon, to I'd, get you over the I'd line. I'd take that. I'd take that any day. All right. All right. Our fit stock, uh, of course, Jumbo, Collins Foods, um, uh, Tacos, um, KFC <laughs> is, the, is the big chain for them. I know it's uh, it's just too hard that sector. It just benefit too much from the COVID period, right? And they mm. are over earned. And then now yeah. that with food inflation still pretty tough, but you can't push the prices through. Um, exactly what's experienced by Domino's. So just um, you know, Collins Food just being experiencing a little bit later right. compared to Domino's. Domino's more global. have more issues with Asia and things. But it is just uh, you know, it's harder and harder for them to grow when the comparable sales period last right. year they were doing so well. Um, and at the same time, your cost is still quite 
quite high and you can't push price through. And at the moment, I don't know if you noticed, across all the uh, you know the uh, the fast food chain space, there's a heaps of discount taking place. McDonald's is leading the charge because mm. they took too much price increase through, and even Domino's now trying to find reposition their entry point prices. So everyone's competing on price now. So you know everything's got to come back. So that. Comparable is going to be pretty tough. I think that one's a bit too tough at the moment. Okay, so I know. Yeah, Yeah, so it's interesting because you can feed a family at McDonald's for probably about 40 bucks now, which is still, I think, pretty high for for doing that. KFC is probably about $37. Pizza, Domino's, you can feed for about $27. So there's there's this massive. from takeaway food side of things, that mm. potentially Domino's mm. actually looks a little bit better. So for, you're nibbling on Domino's? Yes, I am mm. actually, hence that's okay. where it's going. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I've been buying a little bit of Domino's after that last pullback that they had. I just think that also cost of living obviously hurting a little bit more, so people would be doing that. And I think for something like uh, Collins Food, you'd potentially be going to a Coles and Woolies or trying to buy food or make food at home instead of going out for mm. takeaway. So yeah, overall, I think Collins Food is uh, an interesting business. And also Ingham's, they're very much tied to that chicken production. Yeah. I think Ingham's had some problems last year with some production and those kinds of things. So that has come through. Ingham's have shot the lights out the last, last few days. Yeah, yeah. Last few days, yeah. Um, and then, you, then you've got supply chain issues, which KFC also has been uh, attributed to. Last year, the $10 head of lettuce, they started putting cabbage yeah. into the burgers because they couldn't afford lettuce, right? So these yeah. are supply chain issues. There's too many moving parts for you to for, for you to do that. However, KFC usually does very very well through the cricket through summer because there's lots of these bucket heads and all these advertising that goes through. So they usually pick up some sales through summer. But overall, uh, it would be none for me. I'd say it's a hold on KFC. I prefer Domino's. All right. Were you impressed by the Domino's result? Yeah, I I was not impressed, but I do think it's probably found the bottom here. Yeah. You know, if you're willing to look through the next six months, and Japan's showing you know pretty good recovery, yeah. still early, still Just. early, uh, and then Europe, you know, it's going to be slow. Yeah. But Australia is not too bad because they worked out. You know, it's a business that you kind of test to see what price 50% works. Fifty percent of every pizza. Mm. 50% of all pizzas sold in Australia are a Domino's pizza. I think it's just incredible, right? So, And then the franchise profitability is not too bad here in Australia. It's getting better. And then so it's just volume. And I think it's trending the right way. Uh, If I can look, well, if investors can look past the next six months, I think Mm. it actually looks pretty attractive. Mm. Um, The debt, just remember the debt is still high, but they got a covenant sort of relief. So they're kind of okay for the time being. We interviewed Don May on um, Mm. Monday, sort of like confession time of how they stuffed up sending executives and grew too much globally, yeah. saying everywhere's picking up except France. Yeah. They've still got problems in France at, yeah. at the moment, but Japan's all right, but they eat a different type of pizza. So did, you, did, did, he tell, did he show you the lunch box, the, the bento box? Yeah, yeah. Pizza? Oh, yes. Bento yeah, box yeah, pizza? Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I saw him yesterday. It's, uh, it's a classic. Exactly. He's and a then, great presenter. He's a great presenter. But he was really honest. <laughs> did, did, you, did he talk about his margin loan? Uh, no, uh, no. Anyway, we'll leave that oh, one. Don't bring that up. <laughs> All right, let's recap the first uh, five of our Swifty stocks, including uh, the stock of the day, uh, Redbubble, or now it's called, uh, what is it, Articore? Yeah. Um, I know from both uh, Jumbay and Adam, Jumbay, um, like Setire, in, uh, if you want a, a similar 
but different, same, same, but different uh, stock. LaVisa are a buy from both, Eva at these record highs, Universal are hold from both, a door, a sell from Dorsey, uh, a no from uh, from Jumbay, both prefer Temple and Webster in uh, in this retail sector. Uh, Flight Centre, uh, Dorsey suffering from investor remorse and, uh, and says no to it, um, Jumbay likes it, but prefers Webjet as well, and Collins Foods, a hold from Dorsey. Uh, a no from Jumbay, both um, think uh, dominoes may have hit the bottom. Uh, all right, here on the call, we've been following our own high conviction fantasy fund, uh, the latest committee meeting on the platform, osbiz.com. Uh, in February, Challenger was sold, Santos added to the portfolio, weightings of CSL and Macquarie were trimmed and added to AUB and Karoon and the fund up almost 25%. This half hour, Centre Group, SmartPay, Kelsian. Why Kelsian? You will find out. Why is that a Swifty stock? Uh, A to B and Future Generation Australia. All right, Jumbay Centre Group uh, reported earlier this week the Australian Westfield Shopping Centres. Mm, look, uh, I have in the portfolio, it's a hold, but it's not very exciting. Uh, the retail environment is actually, like we all have seen with the retail sector, hold, hold up pretty well, and mm. it shows for this company as well. Now, what's more important is that they're releasing rates. So, um, you know, when the, cent- when the store becomes empty, they lease it to someone else. Uh, that gap has become positive. So that means the rent is on the way up. They're showing yep. a good trend. So that's all, you know, going right. It's got a lot of debt, but look, you know, if the intro, I think the interest rate outlook is that it's peaked, and then you know, further down the track, maybe okay. a cut. So for Centre Group, it kind of looked just in that good value, uh, okay Cheap space. Price looks alright. It looks alright. It's good. It's defensive. You know, pay a bit of sort of missing single digit sort of dividend yield. I think it's okay, but I much prefer to sit in the future facing sort of you know um, growth um, growth uh, property trust, which is Goodman Group. You want to uh, be in data center. Yep, You've yep. got to be in data Haven't center. Haven't we done well over the last year? Absolutely. Everybody yeah. said, what, what what's that uh, property trust? Uh, don't worry. About it, just buy Goodman Group. Just buy Goodman Group. Don't worry about anything else. Yeah. Um, Nobody listens to it. Well, hopefully was, people listen to it. A, my nephew's wedding over summer. Uh, one of his groomsmen works for Goodman Group, uh-huh. and I was chatting to him after a few beers, saying, "What's a culture like? Mm. Well, how does yeah. it operate?" This young bloke, I call him a kid, but he's sort of early thirties. You know, he gets to sit next to Greg Goodman every so often because it's open plan and Greg Goodman sits with the, wow. in the team. Yeah. It's not a very big office. He just raved about the experience and what yeah. he was learning. There. Okay. And I thought, well, oh, that's a mark of a really good organisation, isn't yeah. it? Mm. Yeah. They're very entrepreneurial. And just quick question to pick your brains as a fund manager. You say mm. Centre Group's a bit boring, but you have it in the portfolio. How many boring stocks like this would you have in a portfolio? Uh, number one, how many stocks in the portfolio? Look, I, because I play long short, so I hold about 70, 70 stocks right. or so. Yeah, so there's, you know, say 50 How many long. would be sort of boring foundations? But you're not I would shorting say, at the moment. I am shorting. You, yeah. I make lots of money from I know. shorting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, uh, boring stocks that, <laughs> yeah, 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 you're not yeah, shorting. Yeah, boring right. stocks. That provide a foundation. Yeah, because you you always need to things like Bramble. You know, yeah. you you've got to have this. Maybe you trim a little bit, take a bit of profit. So but what it's percentage defensive. of the portfolio? Um, I would say about twenty percent of portfolio oh, okay. will be defensive. You know, you have your say insurers. You know, yeah. you have your yeah. QBE there. You have your because you have to have them when things go wrong. These are the hedge. So your right. whole portfolio doesn't just drop like anything. Yeah, and then you got so it's almost like you got to have a bit of a spicy stock. The expensive, you know, uh, your Temple and Webster and the like. But they're not probably 10, 10 15 percent 
in a portfolio mm. because they they move by a long big right. way so yeah. it's enough to of give you that growth and then you kind of have everything else in between bit of cyclical china exposure you have you know you know, right. you know your growth structural growth allocation okay. so you have these in the portfolio that was a bit like uh, playing supercoach you know, you have your boring premiums that just yeah. deliver every year, and That's then right. you have your cash cows as a small percentage. Yeah, okay, it's a total return. And then you yeah. the big ones that just yeah, spike yeah. up and yeah, 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 exactly. yeah keep your the performance cash. going. All Absolutely. right, Centre Group. Yeah, look, it's a hole for me as well. I don't think there's too much that you can sort of say about it. It does. I mean, you you go through Pitt Street. Uh, there is a lot of foot traffic still going through those stores. As you go, I did up, ask about that. I interviewed the boss. Yeah. Uh, on Monday as well because they used to audit foot traffic. Yeah. They don't anymore. Oh, really? No. Or maybe they don't. Maybe <laughs> well, they don't tell you. How do you come up with that? And also, they're getting out of their online business, which I okay. thought was strange. Uh, this is really interesting. Yeah, because um, you were saying it's going the membership model. Yeah, that's right, because right. the loyalty, everyone's focusing on that because that drives much higher return. Yeah. yeah. What's right. interesting, if you look at the share price of most, you know, majority of the online businesses um, and compared to the brick and water business like JB Hafer and everything, the, uh, most of the online businesses have hit, you know, half of their price compared to COVID time. And then the brick and water business and now all hitting all-time high. Wow. Don't you think it's quite incredible? Yeah. You know, you look at JB Hafe, yeah. look at all of that. Because consumer, we're all calling a structural change at the time, right? Like no one going back to shop, no one do this. Yeah. And then as they come out of the thing, we do omni-channel and then yeah. now kind of people still like walk around the shops yeah. and then do a little bit of online. Yeah, yeah, it's convenience, but then they still want to be in the shop. So mm. it's- Well, you want to pick something up. How many times have you ordered something online and it doesn't fit yeah. you, right? Yeah, exactly. Like it's constantly it's things yeah. going back and forth and back and forth. So when you go into a store, you want to put a pair of shoes on, a t-shirt or whatever, and you want to try it on, it fits, I'm going to buy it. So yeah, that's that sort of- He was saying 10 million people a week go through a Westfield shopping center. But they don't catch the foot, count foot traffic, so. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, but that's a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of people. And you go through Pitt Street Mall, yeah. there's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of foot traffic. Every lunchtime, there's people you know, sort yeah. of milling around there. Some of the stores, I think that the, the change that they're going to have to have is they they went for this high end, real high end stores. You walk past and there's nobody in these stores. Mm. Um, but I think they'll change that mix a little bit to get those other people in. And, you know, the whole Premier Investments and Smiggle and all those kinds of things, they bring in those people and you go yeah. from there. So it's a hold for me. Hold for me. All right. Uh, next Swifty stock. Um, these things will be getting a absolute battering at the moment. FPOS Systems. Uh, Smart Pay, the Electronic Funds Transfer Group, um, the Taylor Swift Merchandise Store opened on Wednesday at at Home Books. This is two days before the first concert. Got 50,000 people there lining up on the first day. There's no concert. Yeah, it's unbelievable. As well as then most concerts these days or, or some bars these days are no cash. So it's yeah. all tap. When's right? the last time you had cash in your pocket? I, I actually I actually got some cash the other day when I went to a restaurant from another friend and I put it in my wallet just so that I've got 50 bucks sitting in there. Three, I don't know. but I three years. We got caught over Christmas with all the grandkids staying. One of my grandsons lost a tooth. He's not watching. Lost a tooth about eight o'clock at night. Nobody, there were fifteen of us in the household. Nobody had two dollars, five dollars. No we found a twenty-dollar note, and we, we, the big debate was: That's shit, too this, much. Set, this sets a trend. <laughs> inflation. You, well, yeah, inflation. Exactly right. So put a little eye on you there. But. Yeah. So I think SmartPay is an interesting business. 
as well as Tyro, they've had problems uh, with the, yeah. the machines. They've Tyro, had problems yeah. uh, with, and Tyro have obviously had a takeover and those kinds of things. Yeah. SmartPay's a New Zealand business moving in through. Um, they've, they've reduced a lot of their avenue, or their average revenue per user. So um, that has come down a bit. And, and given, I guess, the economic climate and sort of the spend that goes through, I think it's interesting. What I get annoyed with is every time I tap now, there's always this little extra two, five cents, 20 cents being put onto it. And, you know, my wife taps way too many times and and I can just see the amount of money that that is going outside, that is going to the banks or going to, you know, Smart. Mm. I think SmartPay has come out and said that they don't charge any fees. So I think that's their sort of big draw card. But yeah, that extra, where do all the one cents go in the world? I think yeah. this is this is a real big problem that the banks are going to have to work on and it'll, it'll come down. For me, SmartPay is very liquid, doesn't do a lot of trading, so it is quite difficult to get yourself set. For me, it would be a hold if you have it. I just don't really feel like there's too much going on mm. in this one um, going forward. But the, the tsunami, the, the movement towards no cash is definitely mm. happening. But uh, yeah, so for me, it's a hold. And, and you, you would think the banks would have to get into this at some stage, you know, so they did the bid for Tyro. Yeah, they tried to do it with Tyro and then do all of that. And, uh, you know, absolutely. But why aren't they doing it? Um, you know, it is an area where, you know, the, there is some regulatory, ish, uh, you know, uh, uh, oversight at the yeah. moment. Now they're looking at how much they charge in terms yeah. of per terminal. And when you think about it, terminal itself is not that much, you know, it's commoditized. It's hard work. It's hard work. It's commoditized. Yeah. And then you, you sign up those people and they lock in with you for some time. Then they move to the next thing, the tile, because it's cheaper. Yeah. So these guys is actually the, they don't charge as much as the other guys. So they actually thinking coming to Australia, they can win quite a lot of share. Um, but I think just because now the, you know, even the regulators looking at the fees that everyone charges so you just make that environment a little bit harder mm. um, and you know I think everything going cashless I'm just not sure if this is the best way to do it and also I think there's share registry is a little bit different as well so it's very concentrated okay. by people who previously purchased this stock and then because it's so liquid they can't sell it so every time when the share price does well right, um, right. you have a block right, come through okay. so I think this is something that will always play in the background so you avoid it. Is it I avoid it, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, next stock, uh, Calcium. Why Calcium? Because it's into public transport. They run all the buses out to Western Sydney. Uh, and also, <laughs> I know there's Swifty stocks where you yeah. just sort of try to build Absolutely. a link to it. I'm wearing pink today uh, for us. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, all right, got that. So. Uh, they're in all capital cities, so they probably provided the Melbourne one. The most people would have got a, um, a tram or a train to the, to the MCG. Uh, but also, uh, more importantly, tourist like Captain Cook Cruises they own. Um, also, lots of bus tours, package holidays. Um, so really, a, another tourism stock. Yeah, it, that's right. Way? Actually, the, the, previously I said there's a, you know, not many good ways. This is actually a tourism stock. Um, so yeah. and it mm-hmm. is like it is the largest here in Australia. Um, and they do rail, they do ferry, they do buses. Uh, mm-hmm. And now they expand it into the US. Seems to be going well. The acquisition, and you know, that's a huge market over there. Um, they recently missed a couple of contracts in the UK, but then they're waiting for the contract in uh, Singapore potentially. So it is a global business. Um, 
I think it's a good business. Um, it is not expensive. It has gone through a bit of challenges because bus drivers were hard to find. Mm. They couldn't find enough people and then the yeah. cost was going higher and then they, you know, they have to fulfill those contracts. And yeah. recently they have won a couple of big contracts. So they do need to spend something like $120 million um, you know, mm. over this little while to, because they need to build all these uh, capability and networks. So you know, I like this company. It's a long-term buy, um, but it just right. in the short term, you, know, you may struggle a little bit because it's come capex um, and um, you know, the driver, you need that labor sort of movement mobility to improve mm. and the cost to come sure. down a little bit. Okay, so buy over long term. Yeah. Margins get impacted by fuel prices mm. as well. There's a, there's a fair few yeah. things that are sort of mm. moving parts with this business. I think they do the King Island Ferry as well. Like yeah, there's lots yeah. of these sort of smaller and ferries Kangaroo and Island, Kangaroo Island and all those kinds yeah. of things. So, you know, I think they've pretty much got the Australian market pretty much sewn up, hence why they're moving to the US or wanting to, to, to move away to sort of get more revenue growth. For me, it doesn't excite me that much. I don't think you need to be there. Um, it's done nothing pretty much in the last sort of five years or so. So as a defensive, probably pays a lead. I don't know what the dividend yield is, but it's probably okay. Uh, for me, um, there's more exciting sites out there. I'd say it's a hold. Okay. All right. Uh, but you wouldn't be in it no. to start with? No. Okay. I wouldn't. I mean, if you've got it, you, yeah, it's done okay and it's holding itself. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I wouldn't put any fresh All right. Out. Speaking of transport again, now, I don't think this stock has ever uh, come up on the call. A to B. Uh, this is basically cab charge. Um, yeah. Taxis and payments uh, for cab charge, 13 cabs, silver service and the like. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, interesting. Obviously, you, we've got the dichotomy of Uber. Yeah. And in fact, I got something from Uber today saying that um, like, click on here and you can call an Uber. Um, if you don't have the app, you can actually call a contact center and they'll provide you with an Uber, right? So they're moving. Well, <laughs> I don't know. But I think they're designed for the elderly or, right. you know, people oh, who doesn't have right. app, yeah, app, doesn't yeah, have a phone. It was like a one three number. That yeah, you that's right. Yeah, and I saw you that. can get an Uber. Yeah. Like, wow. You're right, yeah. why? Because everyone's yeah. got the app. But yeah. I think cab charge, those kinds of things, they are struggling. They did have revenue of 81 million. It was up about 13%. Uh, earnings per share rose a little bit, uh, sort of uh, to four cents versus three cents previous, sorry, 40 cents versus three cents. Yeah. Um, overall, I think, you know- Is that, is that a glitch or a Yeah, a what, what happened to the share there? price? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not too That's sure. A, yeah. Was there a, okay. no, it wasn't a takeover. Was there any bids? Oh, yeah, you mentioned there was a bid, wasn't it? Yeah, I think there was a takeover. And then they must have said no. And then a book. <laughs> so that, that's when the takeover fell over. Yeah, oh, well, no, I think the takeover is still going. I think that there was some property sales or something in right. there. Right. And that had to be sold and then, then hence then lowered the right. actual uh, asset base and hence why it's trading around the proper price for the takeover. Right. Um, I just think this industry is just mirrored with with problems. It's tough to get a find a cab at the best of times, um, and there's less cab drivers out there. They're all getting their lunch cut, like brokers did with uh, online broking. Ubers come through and just yeah. and just taken that stranglehold there. Uh, so for me, uh, you've got the takeover going forward. I think you just hold it and you you you, you take your money when you can, um, but it wouldn't be putting fresh money in here at the moment. Okay. That's for sure. Yeah, look, look, you know, for me, you probably would sell it. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's just too hard an industry to to be in, and yeah. um, you know, there's really you know, future is really hard to see what it looks like yeah. in a few years time. Is that is this a classic case? A takeover's come, hey, all your prayers have been answered. Just get out. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. Disposable of two remaining properties completed in December two thousand twenty-three for a total of eighty-six million. 
Right. And so they've got a they've got 105 million of proceeds from the property divestments. They did pay a special dividend, and that's where you fall in the right. share price. Yeah. Is at 60 cents, and that was paid on the 30th of January this year, 2024. Right. They've entered into a scheme of arrangement at dollar 45. Right. Okay. So it's dollar 42. Yeah. Take your money. Yeah. Okay. All right. And uh, the final stock is Future Generation Australia. So listed investment company with a philanthropic um, sort of focus on it. Uh, diversified exposure, global fund managers. It's a not-for-profit uh, organisation. The fund managers invest the money and don't charge any fees to it. Jumbo is one of them. Uh, tell us about it. Oh, I think it's an incredible, incredible idea um, because uh, Jeff Wilson, um, you know, have realised that you know there's so much need for a charity um, and uh, for future generation is for you know youth, anything to do with youth and mm. uh, children and you know their mental state and everything else. So he created this fund, raised capital for this fund, um, and uh, you know, and they invited the best fund managers around Australia and to be part of it. Um, and you know, our fortunate was invited to be one of them. Uh, you know, I, I've been there since the beginning when it first started and uh, we don't charge any fee and any return we generate um, gets to be given back every single year uh, to the um, to the charities that they select you know there's a whole portfolio of yeah. them um, and then quite a few of them you know I know personally really really well race foundation for example so you know they've done incredible job I think over the period they've given back something like five ten million dollars um, and that's huge you know for charities um, you know these days it's incredibly difficult yeah. to have a consistent um, you know source of revenue right Right? Because you know you don't know yeah. if it's coming. Corporates may give you some, but a few years later it's gone. Uh, governments to and from delays, but this one is just provide that consistent source of income. So for the them. perfect Swifty stock, uh, sort of sums Taylor Swift up beautifully, I think. Um, do you get a return, or it's all about a mix of return and then also giving back? Uh, look, you all absolutely get the return. Yeah. So, you know, what they give back is, um, you know, so we don't charge the fee. So, um, whatever uh, there's extra return, one percent of the fund that gets back right. to, um, you know, to the individual. And uh, so, this is something that we always feel, um, you know, it's very much like uh, the Taylor Swift type of, um, you know, type of product, isn't yeah. it? Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it is a lick. Um, and um, you know, and then the performance is driven by all the fund managers. You know how well we've done, and over the long term, you've seen the performance has been very good for mm. this okay. uh, for this mm. fund. Yeah. All right. So and it's still at a discount. Still at a discount. Yeah, well, right. So obviously yeah. a buy. Yeah. I'm going to stay with a buy as well. Right. Um, I've got a lot of clients in this. Uh, I've got a very now large. Why? Why do they go into it? Well, it's a, it's a, it's an easy sell as a stockbroker to put. 5% of a client's portfolio into something that you can say you're going to get yeah. you're going to give back. It's an impact fund. It's an impact, basically, right? Is that you're going so, to make an impact. So yeah. Hearts and Minds and Future Generation are both one and I think the Future Generation's got an international portfolio yeah, as well, FGX yeah. and FGG. Yeah. So that gives you both you can then now get another 5% and the international exposure and clients love it. They go, "Oh, that's a great idea. Yes, I'm happy to do that." And so it's an easier sell right. uh, doing that. But I also do have a, a couple of large financial planning clients that have got in every one of their portfolios. And because they do so much, they actually get to choose their own charity. So the, the financial planning firm yeah. said, I'm going to choose this charity and then all that money goes to that. And so it's a great selling point for the financial planning group to say that they're doing something more for the community as well. Right, right. So it, it sort of ticks all the boxes. It just the performance just obviously yeah, it needs to be there and it's done well. Um, but it is a nice feel good and we need more feel good right. stories. 
So this is like in our market, like an ESG. Everyone thinks environmental gambling or is your ESG yeah. filter. This is another community filter community. altogether, which Absolutely. is really powerful. Yeah, and with the solar, you know, um, ma- like material contributions, because percentage of portfolio every year goes back to you know the charities. Charities, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think oh, that's it, good. It, yeah, and and <clears throat> you can't really sell it, which is another you know, negative or good thing, but yeah, because people, they once they see their money working for the community, right. mm. they're like, no, nah, I don't want to, I want to leave that there. That yeah. That's, and so it's really that sticky money, mm. sticky money Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. All right, let's do our uh, final five Swifty stocks for this special edition of The Call. Uh, Centre Group, a hold from both Dorsey and Jumbay, but in that uh, REIT, uh, space you can't go by Goodman. Everyone's big fan of that. Uh, Smart Pay a hold from Dorsey, no from uh, Jumbo. Uh, Kelsey and <coughs> a hold from uh, Dorsey. Long term buy from Jumbo. Uh, a to B a sell from Jumbo. Hold from uh, Adam and Future Generation. Uh, a buy from both. Uh, Jumbo Luke from Tribeca. Enjoy the show tonight. Uh, I will. Do you have you a favourite? Do you have a favourite album? All of them. Oh. <laughs> With my brain. Well, you're going to get 45 songs. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. You're and I get will be anyway. hearing every one of them. Uh, I still don't think you can go by the original 1989 by far. Right. The best album. There you go. Folklore was a bit manby pamby. I thought a bit soft. Look, what I respect about Taylor Swift is that Prince tried to do this years ago was to try and get away from the record executives, and he changed yep. his name, right? Yep. And he became the symbol. Was the end of Prince, right? Yeah. Because he couldn't, he couldn't really. Nobody really wanted to know the symbol. Taylor Swift's gone out and gone her own way, and she's yeah. re-recorded these albums, and she doesn't have to change her name, and she's getting all the royalties. It's very smart. So much respect because she has beaten the record industry at their own game, yep. and I think that yeah. under underlines exactly what she's about. There was one particular manager, wasn't it? Yep. So uh, yeah, it's a great story. Absolutely. Uh, thank you both. Have a great weekend. If you've got any stocks you'd like us to cover here on the call, send them in. Go to ozpiz.co slash callpicks uh, or tweet us on X, of course, using the at TV handle. Uh, see you next week for another edition of the call. Same time.